Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane This Kennedy. week, we're continuing our discussion of the importance of knowing the hope to which we've been called. We have a future and a hope that extends beyond this life. And we're talking about this because life on this earth, it's difficult and it's going to get more difficult. The years leading up to the return of Jesus Christ, according to the scripture, will be increasingly chaotic and challenging. And we have to know how to deal with it. And this week we've been focusing on the fact that part of our hope as we face the upheaval that's coming on this world comes from looking at God's track record. The Bible is filled with examples of real people, fellow members of God's family who lived through political, social, and economic upheaval brought on by government decisions. You know, many people are in, in great angst and anxiety because they don't like who's in charge, the people in charge in our country. Um, you are absolutely entitled to your point of view, but as a Christian, you have inside information in the Bible that's given to you to help you deal with what's coming on this earth, to help me deal with what's coming on this earth. There are examples of real people who face political, social, and economic upheaval brought on by government decisions, and God got them through until he got them out. We talked about the prophets Jeremiah and Habakkuk, how they faithfully served God in a time of great upheaval in Israel, the southern part of Israel, Judah, uh, because of rampant idol worship. The nation was overrun by the Babylonian Empire, and all but the poorest people carted off to captivity in Babylon where they spent the rest of their lives. Jeremiah and Habakkuk and a remnant of faithful people experienced the consequences of poor government decisions. It is the kings of Judah that led the people into idol worship. And these faithful men of God and women of God experienced the consequences. But we read examples of how they knew there's more to life than just this life. God would preserve them and all would be made right, if not in this life, in the life to come. And that gave them hope. Now let's look at a couple more examples. It's already Friday. These Old Testament accounts of real people who face real problems and got real help from God, people who are part of the same family of God as are we, there are brothers and sisters in heaven, these accounts give us reasons to hope because they show us how God works in the midst of life's hardships and how he uses human choices, even choices he doesn't agree with, as he gathers his family. Let me give you a couple examples. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, he's the one who actually conquered Judah. Um, he removed the people of Judah from their land in three stages. He took some of them in 606 B.C., some of them in 596 B.C., some of them in 586 B.C. It was over a period of time. But in the first wave of exiles, he took the prince's of Judah, the royal family, literally. And you've heard of some of those people, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were all princes of Judah. 
and they were taken captive back to Babylon, but because they were of the royal family in Judah, they were groomed for government positions in Babylon. Now, you know their stories. If you've read the book of Daniel at all, even though these four men were faithful to God, they were taken from their homeland because of wicked government decisions and corruption in the culture all around them. They weren't idol worshipers. They disagreed with the idol worship. They didn't engage in all the immorality that went with idol worship, yet they got taken away as captives from their land. However, in the land of captivity, they all had food, clothing, and shelter. God did take care of them. It wasn't in their homeland, and they never did go back home in their lifetime. And all of them faced pressure to abandon worship of the true God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put in a furnace. Daniel was thrown into a lion's pit. You know those stories. Both were gloriously delivered, but you know their stance. They, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to a golden statue of King Nebuchadnezzar, and Daniel refused to stop praying to his God, the true God, the Lord of all, for one month as a government decree had ordered. And their stance was, God is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to anyone but God. See, that's the attitude of a conqueror. Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, threatened with this fiery furnace, refused to bow down. Let me start in verse 17. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this this burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. He's going to deliver us from you, dude, one way or the other. But if not... He be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. See, that's a conqueror. We talked about this the past couple of weeks. If you understand, don't fear men who can harm your body. Because if your inner man is right with God, your body will get taken care of. It'll be raised from the dead at the return of Jesus, and you'll be reunited with it. That's the attitude of a conqueror. These guys knew there's more to life than just this life. Um, While in Babylon, the prophet Daniel was given all kinds of information about the return of the Lord, or the coming of the Lord to establish his kingdom on this earth. They knew there's more to life than just this life, so we're not giving up our commitment to the Lord just because we're facing death, because we'll be back to earth. But here's the point for us. If we were to read Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's story and read Daniel's story in the lion's den, we can look at these historical accounts. It's history, and we can see how God worked his redemptive plan in the midst of human choices and events. Those four guys were in captivity in Babylon because government officials in Judah chose to follow idols rather than follow the true God, and they reaped the consequences along with the whole country that they led into idol worship as well. But God used the actions of these wicked men, the ungodly rulers in Judah, in Babylon, and then Persia eventually took over Babylon. God used the actions of wicked men to further his plan for a family. The years, let me just, let me just give you a little rundown. The years in Babylon cured Israel of idol worship. If you've ever read the Old Testament, you know they struggled with worshiping idols from the time they left Egypt and under Moses until they went home after Babylonian captivity. But they went home cured. 
was it God's will that they get cured of idolatry by being taken into captivity? Not at all. It was just his will that they listened to him when he gave them the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai under Moses. Don't worship any gods but me. But they didn't listen, and they reaped the consequences. But the years in Babylon cured them of idol worship, and God preserved them as a people group. They're the people group through whom the Redeemer would come. When Israel, when the people, the descendants of Abraham finally returned to Canaan, 70 years after being carted off to Babylon, the tribe of Judah and the family of David were intact. God had already said it's through the tribe of Judah and the family of David that the Redeemer will come. We could do whole lessons on that. But the point is, even being taken out of their land with such chaos and social upheaval, God was still able to preserve the line through which the Redeemer would come. For those who served the Lord but didn't live long enough in Babylon to go home, they're in heaven awaiting their return to earth and to their homeland. And none of them are in heaven today crying about the hardships of life. And here's something else. Through their captivity in Babylon, through Israel's years of captivity in Babylon, the light of the one true God was brought to the heathen land of Babylon which was eventually overrun by Persia, and they got the light of the true God. I could do whole lessons on this, um, but the point is there are people in heaven who responded to their the testimonies of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you go back to Daniel chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 6, you can read when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survived the fire and were were not burned, singed, did not even smell like smoke when they came out. And when Daniel survived a night in a pit with hungry lions, both both of the leaders of the government at that time, Nebuchadnezzar and a guy named Darius, they ordered proclamations to go throughout their empire declaring that Daniel's God is the true God and that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God is the true God. No one is to speak ill of them and all must worship him. Now, some, I'm sure, did it out of force of threat of the government, but some, no doubt, came to saving knowledge of the one true God. You're going to meet people in heaven. Daniel's already met them. So has Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They've already met people who came to know the true Lord because of the ordeals that those men went through, but they stayed faithful to God and God protected them. Why is that stuff written in the Old Testament? It's written to give us hope, to show us how God can preserve people in the midst of difficult circumstances and how he can get the light of the gospel to them. The Bible gives us great insight into what our attitude should be as we see and as we see and are affected by choices made by people with whom we do not agree. God gives us instructions to help us navigate through it. I don't have time to read this, but Jeremiah 29.11, I know the plans I have for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. We discussed that earlier in the week. That is actually a line from a letter the Lord instructed the prophet to write from Jerusalem to his fellow countrymen who had been exiled to Babylon. You have a future, no matter how dark it looks. You have a future. They'll outlast this life. Now, note something else God told the people of Israel. He didn't tell them to use their faith and try to pray the captivity away. He told them to build homes, settle down, live for live their lives, and work for the peace and prosperity of Babylon. Verse 7 uh, uh, of 
Chapter 29, pray to the Lord for that city wherein you're held captive. For if Babylon has peace, so will you. This sounds a lot like what Paul told Christians living in the Roman Empire. First Timothy chapter 2, pray for those that are in authority so that we can live peaceful lives. And if we were to read the whole passage, it's connected to men coming to saving knowledge of Jesus. The gospel goes forth more readily when there's peace in the land. Friend, instead of cursing the present government, why don't you pray for the people in government? A, that they come to saving knowledge of Jesus, and B, that there be peace so that the gospel can go forth. You don't have to like any of them. You don't have to agree with their policies. But according to the Bible, if there's peace, the gospel goes forth most readily. Above everything else, acknowledge God in your circumstance. Make a choice to praise him and encourage yourself for the reasons you have hope no matter what's happening around you and it'll give you peace of mind that'll make you a light. More next week. You've been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619.